so much. Thank you so much, um, Sister Bushina. Thank you, Council, and I acknowledge Jen having you this morning. Um, thank you for the opportunity to use the gift of teaching that the Lord, I believe the Lord has, has given me. And I, I really want to, to stop and acknowledge you this morning. Uh, thank you for leading us in that prayer. Um, and that prayer really sets foundation for the message. I, I, I know the Lord has laid on my heart this morning. And the title of my message to you this morning is The Weight of the Weight. That is the W-E-I-G-H-T of the W-A-I-T. The Weight of the Weight. And I, I wanna read from Genesis 15. And we're going to be reading from the NIV version, verses 1 to 6. And thank you, Sister Tishina. And it reads as follows. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham. So, sorry, to Abraham in a vision. Don't be afraid, Abraham. I'm your shield, your very great reward. But Abraham said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abraham said, you have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abraham believed the Lord and he credited, him, credited it to him as righteousness. Then we're gonna now go to Genesis 17 verses one to six. When Abraham was 99 years old, thank you. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abraham fell face down and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abraham. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. Thank you, Sister Tashina. So we see here God's promise to Abraham was that Eliezer would not be his heir, but rather his heir would be a son of his own flesh and blood. In chapter 17, God laid out the conditions for Abraham. He said, walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then we see where the Lord changed Abraham's name to Abraham. And Abraham means exalted father, while Abraham means father of many. When God changed Abraham's name, his circumstances were the same. Nothing was different except the fact that he had now gotten older. But God reinforced his promise by changing Abraham's identity. Abraham was now being called by what God said he was even before it became a reality. What is it that God has spoken over you? Or what have you prayed about and are expecting an answer to? And the prayer that pastor just led us in has, as, as I said, set the foundation because sometimes there are things that are causing a blockage in the manifestation of what it is God's promises are or what we've prayed for because of the things that she addressed in her prayer and that we would have confessed and ask and, and ask the Lord 
to, to deal with. So having established that, what is it that God has spoken over you and what have you been praying about and expecting an answer to? You may have a desired timeline for that thing to manifest, or you may have a desired timeline for what it is you're praying about to be answered. But God is saying to you this morning, no, my son, no, my daughter, it's not yet time for your circumstances to change. First, I need you to understand and accept who you are and who I say you are. You don't need to see it manifest yet. The world does not need to see it manifest yet. But I have placed my seal on you. I have changed your identity to align with your purpose, even before I have changed your circumstances to align with your destiny. I'll say that again. Please, God, yes, please, change it again. Yes. <laughs> God is saying, I have placed my seal on you. I have changed your identity to align with your purpose even before I have changed your circumstances to align with your destiny. Could the Lord be saying to you this morning, trust me enough to walk in the identity of who I say you are, even before you see the reality of it? Many of us want our circumstances to change even before we get the revelation of who God says we are. But Abraham had to make a choice. Abraham had to choose whether he was going to walk in faith, believe in what God had promised him, walk in faith, believe in that the very name by which he was now being called was him accepting and others who call him by that name, speaking into being what God had promised him even before his circumstances changed. The reality was that Abraham was 99 years old when God appeared to him. I think this was in third or so time. The reality it was that a 99-year-old man would most likely have lost his virility by that age. The reality was that a 99-year-old man was impotent. The reality was that Sarah, who was 90, would also have been long past childbearing age. But the truth was that their God was the God of the impossible. And he could make come into being what otherwise would have been impossible. And although Abraham knew the reality, the reality was he was 99, the reality was Sarah was 90, he also knew the truth. And the truth was what God said he was, the father of many nations. And so the first thing I want us to focus on this morning and the first thing that we need to grasp in our season of weight is to understand our identity. What is your identity? When we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, God changes our identity. We're issued with a new birth certificate. Some persons may have a birth certificate that may have a father and the father's name box or line or whatever it is. And that is black. There's a birth father named on your birth certificate. Some persons have a birth certificate where the name of your father is different from the name of the man who raised you. Some persons have a birth certificate where the father named was not your actual father, but the mother put a different name on your birth certificate. Some, you may have the correct father named, but you suffered abuse and rejection at the hand of your birth father. Yes, you know him to be your birth father, but you may have been mistreated. You may have been abused. You were considered lesser than your siblings. Somebody listening now may know your father, but felt like you had to earn and perform to maintain his affection and his attention. Or you may feel unwanted because you grew up constantly hearing that you were, you were a mistake, you were unplanned. And so you carry the burden of feeling like you yourself were a burden. God is saying to us today, like Abraham, I have changed your name. Take on my name, take on the identity that I, your God, have given you. No longer are you to be called by what you were 
or what you identify with, but you are to be called by who I, your God, say that you are. You are my child. I want that to sink in. God has put his seal on you. And I want you to hear your heavenly father speaking to you this morning. He's saying, my child, you were made in my image. In me, you live, you move, and have your being, for you are my offspring. I knew you even before you were conceived. I chose you before I planned the creation. You were not a mistake, for all your days are written in my book. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I knit you together in your mother's womb and brought you forth on the day you were born. Do not see me through the lens of your experiences of your earthly father. I am not distant and angry. You do not have to earn my love. I am the complete expression of love and it is my desire to lavish my love on you simply because you are my child and I am your father. I offer you more than your earthly father ever could, for I am the perfect father. God is saying to you this morning, he is your perfect father. Yes, you have acknowledged him as your Lord and savior. You have embraced the promise of his word, but, but he's saying before you look to him for the fulfillment of those promises, know who you are. Know who God is saying that you are this morning. And let your relationship with God be grounded in your identity as his child and not be grounded in the things that he can do for you. Let your relationship with God be grounded in your identity as his child and not in the things that he can do for you. So Abraham first had to recognize and accept his name change as the father of many, even before he saw the promise manifest. He chose to walk in the truth without seeing the evidence. And for many of us, if God were to shift our circumstances before we really grasp who we are in him, he would lose us. He would lose us because focusing more on the circumstances or the outcome takes our eyes off God. And we allow the circumstances or the outcome to now define our relationship with him. Whereas it should be our relationship with him that should define our response irrespective of the outcome or the circumstance. And so that takes me to the second point I want to make this morning. While you wait for the prayer to be answered or for that promise to manifest, how do you wait? Let us go back to chapter 15, verses 46. And you don't have to bring it up to the I'll read it. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. That was the NIV version. The NLT version, read verse six of the NLT version reads as such. Abraham believed the Lord, believed the Lord and the Lord counted him as a righteous, as righteous because of his faith. Abraham believed the Lord and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. All of us are waiting on God for something. You may be waiting on the manifestation of a promise. You may be waiting on God to answer a prayer that you've prayed because you know who you are in God and that is your foundation of your relationship with him. You pray in confidence. But I'm saying to us this morning that delays should not determine or negatively impact or relationship with God. Disruptions and difficulties should not determine or negatively impact our relationship with God. But sadly, for some of us, it does. We're living in an instant culture. We're living in a culture where I want this and I want it now. We're living in what I call the Amazon Prime culture. 
and we have reduced our relationship with God to the Amazon experience. What do I mean by that? We know and understand that for prime membership with Amazon, you have to pay a membership fee, don't it? You have, you have, you have your annual or monthly membership fee that you pay. And likewise, we know that to be a part of the family of God, Jesus Christ has paid the price in full. So, so there's no price for us to pay for salvation. We have a lifetime subscription. And so we don't have to pay to maintain our membership status. But sadly, we take that for granted. We know that because we bear the identity of God, because we're his heirs and we have access to him through prayer, we're quick to quote scriptures and scriptures such as, oh, he will grant me the desires of my heart. And so what do we do when we want something from God? We log in and log in, i.e. we pray, we browse, we add to cart, i.e. we give him our wish list of what it is that we want. We click to confirm the order, i.e. we say amen, and then we log out. And the request or petition is presented, and that is the extent of our communication with God for that thing. We have missed the importance of waiting as children of God. We want it, and we want it now. Then the next day we log in again, i.e. we pray, and we say, God, you remember what I prayed about yesterday? And we repeat our request, so we put another request to him. And we say, yes, God, remember I prayed about so and so, what are we doing? We're tracking the order status. So we log in and we're tracking the order status. You want God to say what is happening to what it is I have prayed about. And then we log out and we go about our business. And we continue in this pattern as believers. And if God answers, we're happy as a lark and then we log out. But then when, when does God hear from us again? When we're browsing or shopping for something else or we're ready to place another order. And we love Amazon because we can do three-day delivery. We can do two-day shipping. We can even do same day or next day. It's convenient. And we don't even have to go to our computers. We can order from our phones. And sadly, that is what we have reduced our relationship with our Heavenly Father to. We have reduced God to an online shopping experience. We pray presenting our petitions. We go with a wish list of things that God should do for us. Father, heal me. Father, pay my rent. Change my job. Fix my car. Prosper my business. Pay my bills, send me a wife, send me a husband. Father, do, do, do. This is a list of things that we present before him. And when he answers our prayers, we're thankful, as we should be. But then, this is what we do. Because he has answered our prayers, we now measure our relationship with him by the degree of his responsiveness. So if he answers and he gets same day shipping, oh, hallelujah. But if it's two day or you have to wait a while, you now measure your relationship with God by how responsive he is to your request. Think about it. How would you feel as a parent, for those of you who are parents? How would you feel as a parent if your child only comes to you when that child needs something? You realize that your child doesn't value time with you save and accept when they want to ask you for something. She comes to you and she butters you up, spend time with you, and once she gets that, she ignores you. Stop to consider how it breaks the heart of our Heavenly Father when we see him in that way. When we see him as a God who is there at our beck and call to grant us the desires of our heart. And guess what? Because God is sovereign, there are some persons that he will respond to immediately. And it may be for one reason or another. Maybe that the person is a young Christian, a new believer, and in his grace, God chooses to respond quickly because he knows that that person is not yet mature enough to understand or survive the process of the wait. He knows that if he doesn't send the answer, he's going to lose that person. 
or it could very well be that the person is a more mature Christian, but for whatever reason, God may choose to respond quickly. He's sovereign, he's God, he can do that. But let us not look at the person who gets a quick response from God and envy them and question God, why them are not me? There's a reason that they need an answer now, and there's a reason why you need to wait. And as we grow and mature in him, he will call us to a different level. And he will begin to put us through different seasons of waiting. For some, what they go through during the wait, during the wait may be light and, and they can navigate easily. For others, the wait comes with challenges of different degrees. But the purpose is to prepare us for what he has for us. And even as mature believers, some of us still treat God as the login friendship kind of God. We're still professing, oh, his word says he will grant me the desires of my heart. But how does that scripture begin? Psalm 34, verse 4. It says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will grant you the desires of your heart. The Lord is saying to us this morning that he wants to build a relationship with us. He wants to build a relationship with you. So whatever the weight of the challenges you're facing during your season of weight, that weight is to build spiritual muscles. The weight of your weight is to take you to a different level in your relationship with God. Even at 99, Abraham still had not seen the promised son. And if we go back to when God first appeared to Abraham and told him to leave his home country, that's in chapter 12. Abraham was 75 at that time, 75. So we're talking about 25 years of waiting. That had to have been a heavy load for Abraham to carry, expecting but not seeing. And some, some of you listening now may be questioning God and saying, God, what, what I'm going through is too much. God, I have served you. Lord, I've given to your work. I've lived in obedience to your word. God, I have been carrying this weight for X number of years. I feel like I cannot take another step. God, why is it my process seems so long, but Michelle and Jason have gotten their breakthroughs already? God, why is it you're putting me through all of this? There's a helicopter past Okay. God, why is it you're putting me through all of this? And, and what you're going through may not just be for the manifestation of the things that you're prayed about. It may be it is that God has called you to do something that frightens you. You're saying, God, why is it you're asking me to do this thing that I feel scarcely qualified to do? Yes, a call to ministry or a different level of ministry too in itself may feel like a weight to carry. You may feel ill-equipped because you're waiting on God to shape and mold you to what you think you should be to what you think, what, what is your perception of, of readiness before you step out. And so you're seeing that as, as, as a wait. And all these questions are going through our minds as we wait. Questions are things that you probably haven't even shared with anybody, but you're feeling overburdened. You're feeling the weight of your weight. But I'm here to challenge you this morning, my brothers and sisters, as you carry the weight in your weight. Don't just ask God, why are you not granting me the desires of my heart? Remember the scripture says, delight yourself in the Lord and then he will grant you the desires of your heart. So as you wait, the Lord is saying, delight yourself in me. And so the first question I asked, second, second point rather was, how do you wait? And the sub point under that point two is going to be delight yourself in the Lord. Remember the foundation of this message started with God changing Abraham's identity and likewise establishing a biblical foundation for you as a child of God. So having recognized who you are in Christ, you know 
who you are. You know you're an heir of God and you know you're a joint heir with Jesus. You know everything that he has is yours. You know he will never stop doing good for you. Jeremiah 32, 40. You know he desires to show you great and marvelous things. Jeremiah 33, 3. You know he's able to do for you more than you can ever imagine. Ephesians 3.20. You know God's plans are to prosper you and not to harm you. Jeremiah 29.11. So with all of these irrefutable truths, you know that God only desires the best for you. So if you're confident in that knowledge, why is it then that the default behavior is to seek the hand of God? He's reminding us today, no, 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 don't seek, don't come seek in my hand. Come seek in my face. He's calling us to come closer to him this morning. And so let's expound a bit on what it means to, to, to the light. The Webster's Dictionary defines it as to take pleasure, to give keen enjoyment or to give joy or satisfaction to. Other definitions include the words to treat, to indulge, to bask in. God is saying to us this morning, don't reduce me to a click and ship relationship. I want to spend time with you. Will you spend some time with me? Will you delight in me? And for the purpose of this message, I'm gonna break the light down into two components. And the first is delighting in his word. Spend time in his word. Ask the Holy Spirit for revelation and understanding of God's word. Ruminate on his word, chew on it, ponder it. Be deliberate about seeking to apply the word to your daily lives. Don't just have a ritual of doing your devotion and you, you do your devotion, read a few chapters and then you move on. Psalm 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Are you purposeful in asking God to help you to allow his word to direct your path where you choose to go? Do you purposefully seek to walk in the truth of God's word? Do you do what this, the word says that you must do? Do you live how the word says that you must live? That is what the light in God's word means. Psalm 119, 11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Are you purposeful in studying and memorizing God's word, hiding his word in your heart? And it may not be easy for you to recall chapter and verse, but when you spend time reading God's word, it becomes second nature. Something will come back to you and you say, I remember reading so and so. And you may not be able to say which chapter and verse it comes from, but it, 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 there will be something that is ignited in you. And I want to do a practical demonstration now. I pass the year exempt from this one. I want to do a practical demonstration and I want somebody to volunteer to open your microphones and, and, and say Psalm 23. Whoever knows Psalm 23, I just want you to open your microphone and say Psalm 23. And for those others who know it, I'll keep your microphone closed, but I want you to say it as the person is saying it. So, so let's go, Psalm, Psalm 23. And don't Google it or don't pull out your Bibles. Say it from memory. Psalm 23, come, let's go. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness. For his name's sake, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sister Tashina. And I know she didn't pull a Bible, 
I know she didn't Google it, but why was she able to say that? I, I was watching, I saw you mouthing it for those whose videos are on. Why are we able to do that? Because it's something that we learned from, probably from school, primary school, wherever it was. And it required us to study it. You have to say that devotion and it, it was ingrained in our memories. So probably we haven't even read it in, in, in a long time, but it's already up here. So what am I saying? Though our brains may not be nine or 10 years old anymore, where you can, you can wrap it up. When we spend time in God's word, when we constantly go over and over and over, it will be ingrained in our minds. And that's what thy word have I hidden in my heart. That's hiding God's word in your heart, spending time in his word. So, so let us not just aim for, 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 for something to stick. Look, note, note, note what the word, the word says. Thy word have I hid in my heart so that I will not sin against you. So there's an objective to hiding his word in, in our hearts. And so it's not to sin against him. So it's not just to study it and you study it and that's it. But I'm encouraging us this morning to ask the Holy Spirit to help us to apply that word that we have learned, that word that we constantly read over and over, to apply it to living godly lives. And the second component of delighting in God is to live delight in his presence. The Lord is saying to us this morning, take pleasure in me. Spend some time with me. Bask in my presence. Develop intimacy with me. Deuteronomy 4 verse 29 says, if you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. When was the last time you just sat in God's presence as the lover of your soul, just whispering in his ear how much you love him, how much you appreciate him, how much you adore him, how much he means to you. God, as the lover of your soul, desires intimacy with you. He doesn't want to only hear what we have to say to him. But he wants us to stop and listen what he has to say to us. This relationship is not one-sided. We speak, he listens, he speaks, we listen. But are you taking time to hear what it is God wants to say to you? Let us just, let, let, let's stop just going to God with a checklist of what it is that we want him to do for us. And yes, the word says that, we do not have because we do not ask. And so there's nothing wrong with asking. But let us not hinge our relationship with God on what we can get from him, but rather on who he is and our relationship with him. Earlier, Sister Tashina said, to experience him, our answer is in the holy of holies. The Lord is calling us into the holy of holies this morning. Come higher, come closer, come deeper. Move from the outer court into the inner court. And as we delight in him, it is then he will grant us the desires of our hearts. He, he already knows our hearts desires, you know. And we'll expound on that a little further though. So let us go back to Abraham. Again, Genesis 17. One to two says, walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. So my second sub point of how you wait, how you wait is exercise faith. I heard a clip from Steve Harvey recently and he puts it like this. He said that the moment we ask God for something, he packages it and he ships it to us. And I will add if it's in accordance with his will. The problem with the package is that it never, God never tells us the date that the package is going to arrive. Just like, uh, unlike Amazon where you can go in and you can track. That God doesn't give us a tracking number. He doesn't tell us the date when it's going to arrive. It is going to come if it is his will, I'll add again, but he just doesn't tell us when. If he told us when, then it would destroy the relationship that is required to have an abundant life in him, and that is faith. Second Peter 3, 8 says, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. 
with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day. So what the Lord has prepared for us was determined from me before we were born. I said that earlier. And so that package is already ready. And so we're may thinking, God, we want it next day. But guess what? A thousand years is like a day and a day like a thousand years. So our time is not his time. So, so let us trust him now. Trust him in the wait. He is saying that there's a season of wait and that season of wait is a season of preparation. So for some of us today, what we've asked God for is already on the way. And, and I'm going to borrow a term from Pastor that I heard a few months ago. We just have to faith it out. Have faith in God in the season of our wait. God's promise to Abraham was contingent on him being faithful. Abraham's promise was so big that his faith had to be big. Each of us may be called to a different level of faith, depending on where we are in our walk with God or what it is God is preparing us for. And as I said earlier, some of us, it may be same day shipping or next day shipping. But for another, like Abraham, he may be saying that what I have for you is going to take a different degree of faith. Remember, Abraham had to wait 25 years for the manifestation of the promise. 25 years. He waited 25 years for his wife to give birth to the son of promise, from whose lineage would come David, from whose lineage would come Jesus Christ. Abraham's faith had to get to the level where God could trust him to be the patriarch of generations from which would come Jesus. Could it be that God is saying to you this morning, my daughter, my son, I need to build your faith muscles so that you can carry the weight of what I have for you. So the weight of the weight that you're carrying, the W-E-I-G-H-T of the W-E-I-G-H-T that you're carrying may be equivalent to the weight, the W-E-I-G-H-T of the promise that God has in store for you. I'll say that again. The weight of the weight that you're carrying may be equivalent to the weight of the promise that God has in store for you. Could the Lord be saying to you, just come higher in your faith because what I have for you, the size of your faith now cannot carry what I have for you. Could he be saying, I need you to build some more faith muscles to be able to carry the weight of what I have for you? The anointing that I have for you, the giftings that I have for you to give birth to, the ministries that I have for you, the lives that are waiting to be impacted by you cannot stand under the current weight of your faith. The husband that I have for you, the wife that I have for you, the wealth that I have for you cannot stand under the current weight of your faith. Because if I release them now, my daughter, you're not going to be able to carry it. You're going to crumble under the weight of it because you're not yet ready. If I release them now, my son, you cannot carry them because your knees are going to buckle. If I release them now, you cannot carry the weight of it and I will lose you. So trust me. Trust me in the season of wait and come higher in your faith. Yes, your friend or your, your, your brother may have got next day delivery. Yes, your sister may have prayed for her husband and, and, and in, within two years, she, she got married. And you may have been waiting for five years. You may be waiting for 10 years or even 15 years. I'm 48, I'm not still married yet. I'm waiting for, for count. you can do the math. But God may be saying, you see, my child, what I have prepared for you is special order. What I have for you cannot be dispatched from the warehouse in Florida. Right. It cannot be dispatched for you from, 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 from the warehouse in the next city. What I have for you is not a stock item. What I have for you is manufactured to my special specifications. It cannot be shipped by UPS or USPS. It cannot be shipped by FedEx. It cannot be delivered to you by Amazon delivery truck. You see, my child, what I have for you, the weight of what I have for you is so much that it has to come by a sea freight. 
What I have for you cannot fit in a cardboard box. What I have for you cannot can only be contained in a shipping container and it has to be carried by a trailer, not a truck. It's on a trailer and it has to go to this. Many, city. many, many. Yes, preach my sister. Only a ship can carry what I have for you. A truck cannot carry what I have for you. So I need your, you to take, come, up, come up higher in your faith. Step up in your faith because the weight of what your weight of your weight is equivalent to the weight of what it is I have for you. My child, while what I have prepared for you is ready for dispatch, you are not ready for delivery. Could that be what the Lord is saying to us this morning? That we're not ready for the delivery of what he has prepared for us? He needs our faith to raise to the next level where our relationship with him does not depend on what he does for us, but on who he is. So he's saying this morning, will you trust me that the weight you carry is the weight you need to build your faith? You've been through enough. You have enough history with your God to know that he's a faithful God. You're securing your identity of who you are in God. So step up to the next level where your faith says, no matter what the weight of my weight is, I will persevere. The Lord is saying to us this morning, we need to get to a level of faith where our relationship with him doesn't waver if the timing of, of his delivery doesn't align with our expectations. God is saying to us this morning, I've heard you and I will answer. But however long it takes, I need you to carry the weight as you wait. So I've looked at two categories of believers this morning. The young believer who God may answer quickly because he knows that they need an answer quickly. Or it may be that you're not such a young believer, but for whatever reason, the Lord knows that you too need an answer quickly. And there's the other category of believers, the more mature believer, who God is saying to you, wait, my child, I've answered you, but it won't manifest right now. But I dare to challenge you this morning that there's still yet another category. A category where God is saying that I want you to come up to the next level, where because you're so intimate with me, that though I have given you the right to pray, to ask, and believe in that I will answer, I want you to get to a level in me where you simply trust me that I have the best for you. According to Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, you know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Psalm 139.1 says, I know everything about you. 1 John 3, one says, my desire is to lavish my love on you simply because you are my child. Matthew 5.48 reminds me that I am, you are the perfect father. Matthew 6.31-33 says, he is our provider and he will meet all our needs. Jeremiah 32, 40 says, I will never stop doing good to you. That is what God is saying to you. I am your father and I love you even as I love my son, Jesus. John 17, 23. With all of these assurances, could God be saying to us this morning, my child, I don't even want you to browse. Don't even try to figure out what is best for you because your vision is limited. And as, as Sister Tashina said, come into the Holy of Holies, come closer, come higher, come deeper, move from the outer court to the inner court, because that is where he will reveal himself to us. And I will share something with you. I've been working on this message for probably over two weeks, a little over two weeks. And up to yesterday, I was struggling with, with, with a point. And I, even I was cooking the medicine, I said, but Lord, how, how do I know when to go before you naming and voicing my desires and when to just trust you that you already know my desires? And as we were worshiping this morning, that first song, 
enter the Holy of Holies. The Lord gave me the answer. And the Lord said to me that when we enter the Holy of Holies, as we come closer and as we come deeper, he will reveal his secrets to us. And when he reveals his secrets to us, then our desires will begin to align with his will for us. And so when we pray, we're already praying his will. We don't have to wonder, Lord, is this your desire? And we don't have to pray and say, Lord, in accordance with your will. Because we're so close and we're so intimate with him that when we pray, we're already praying his will. That is what the Lord is saying to us this morning. Come from the outer courts and come into the inner courts because that is where you will have the kind of intimacy with me that you already know what my desire is for you. That is what the Lord is saying. Jeremiah 33 says, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 to 10 says, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by the Spirit. God wants to reveal some things to us by His Spirit, but He can't reveal it in the, inner, the in the outer courts. We have to come deeper. So maybe you are that category of believer this morning, where the Lord is saying, "Come, come, 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 come." Throw away the wish list. Throw away the the, the ideals. Lord, He must He. he he must at least be five, five foot eight. I said, no, 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 Lord, step it up to six, two, six, three. I want him to be at least six, three. Must have nice toes. And when he eat, I, I don't want to hear him mouth. He must have clap him mouth when he eat. And, and don't, no, not me, Lord. And Lord, please make him have straight teeth. I don't want no crooked teeth, man. And oh, God, please don't make him snore. And that was my, my wish list. I'm calling myself out this morning. That was my wish list. Had it written down in a diary from God knows how long. Had my wish list. But the Lord is saying to me this morning, can't throw away the wish list. Trust me that I have the best for you. Throw away your wish list and trust God that he has the best for you. And get so intimate with him that when you pray, you're already praying his desires because he would have revealed his desires to you because you're so close to him. Stop and think about that. Come higher, come deeper in your faith and know that God will only give you the best that he has for you. So as I close this morning, I want to address yet another group of persons who may be listening. Maybe it is that you did not see yourself in any of the other categories that I shared on. Maybe it is that you don't even have a relationship with God. You know that Jesus paid the ultimate price to save you from your sins, but you, you have not yet signed up for your lifetime subscription. You know that there is a God. So you know enough to know that he's the answer when something is not going right in your life. But you don't want to commit to a lifetime subscription, so you sign up for a trial membership. You don't want to commit to what it takes to walk the Christian walk for the rest of your life. But ever so often, you will, you will log in and you'll do a trial membership and you, you'll pray and God in his, is in his grace and his mercy may answer your prayer and then you log out and you let the membership expire. Or you may that be that person who you know enough about God to know that while you, do, you yourself do not have a lifetime subscription, you know, Pastor, you know, you know, Auntie Reefa, you know, you know, Anne, you know, Tamar, you know, Ruth, you know, you know, Trishina, you know, Winsome, you know, Shadeen, you know, Jordan. Don't, I can't see who else is on. You know, Angie, I think Angie is it's on. You know, all of these people who you know have a lifetime subscription. And so you said, you, you go to them and you say, um, Pray for me now. And so what are you doing? I, I do this with Amazon when I don't want to pay for a membership. 
I go to somebody who already have a Prime account and order from their account. So you go to your friend and you ask them to pray on your behalf because you know that they have access to God. God is saying, no, no, no. Don't, don't, don't log into somebody else's account. Don't come to me on a trial basis. I want to have a personal relationship with you this morning. I want you to commit to a lifetime subscription with me. Will you do that this morning? There's some of you who may have even been praying for something and waiting on it, and you're feeling the burden of the weight, but maybe it is what they're praying for is not God's will for you, so the weight of what you're carrying is not even yours to carry. God has an assigned weight for you, but it is not the weight that you're carrying. He's saying, sign up for a lifetime subscription this morning. First John 1 John 1.9 says, if we acknowledge our sins, then since he is trustworthy and just, he will forgive them and purify us from all wrongdoing. So will you pray this prayer with me this morning? If you choose, if your desire is to commit your life to the Lord. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died and rose from the dead to give me the opportunity to become a child of God. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and my life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Have you said that prayer? As we prepare to listen to this song, I want you to write down this number because we want to hear from you. Call or send us a WhatsApp, 469-333-0397. We, we want to hear from you. We want to, we want to walk with you. We want to encourage you. We want to celebrate with you. Or you may send us an email at newhorizonmin at gmail.com. So let's hear from you this morning. God bless you, my brothers and sisters.